Hey podcast people, how's it going? Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds. I hope you're having a fantastic Saturday afternoon or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this podcast episode. If you have not done so already, please visit azrinthelanguagenerd.com slash free course. That is spelled A-Z or Z-R-E-N thelanguagenerd.com slash free course and check out the free course that I have put together. It is a step-by-step course that is 100% free that will walk you through precisely how to learn a language, starting from an absolute beginner stage all the way to very, very advanced, as in bilingual. There are not, to my knowledge, any courses right now that exist on the internet where you can follow it step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step-by-step and actually achieve a bilingual level by following that program. Not to mention it's free. Even if there are other programs like that, there's no way they're going to be free and as thorough as what I have put together. My program works for a wide variety of languages. It works for basically any language that has lots of native speakers. So it it wouldn't work, for example, for Latin or dead languages. It probably wouldn't work well for endangered languages. It's primarily targeted towards languages that have lots of speakers and at least some learning resources, at least some. And so if you're learning a widely spoken language, this course is for you. Go check it out. I know you will. I feel very confident in saying that you're going to like it. With that introduction aside, let's dive into today's topic. Today, I would like to share two analogies that are useful for language learners. And these analogies are analogies that I shared in the introduction of my free course. The first one is that when learning a language, you have to understand that rules and grammar equals salt. Let me say that again. Rules and grammar equals salt. You might be wondering, what the heck does that mean, Azrin? Let me explain it to you. Think about when you eat food. When you eat when you eat when you eat food, you you like to put some salt in your food, most likely. And everyone has a different preference as to how much salt that they like to put. For example, when I eat french fries, I don't like putting a lot of salt. But many of my friends love to put salt on their fries. And both are perfectly acceptable. When you're learning a language, the same analogy applies. The same concept applies. Some people like to learn lots and lots of grammar and dive headfirst into all the rules behind a language. These are people that like their languages salty. They like to put lots of salt. In other words, they like to study lots of grammar and lots of rules. Some people are the opposite and they don't like grammar at all. They don't like rules at all and they avoid it like the plague. Those are people that don't like very much salt. They don't like languages that are very salty. And both of those are acceptable. When learning a language, you have to understand what your salt preference is. You have to understand how much salt do you want to put on? In other words, how deeply do you want to dive into the grammar rules and the grammar structures of the language? And based on your preferences around that, you have to make sure you toe the line and ensure that the language never becomes too salty. So even if you love grammar and rules, there's some point where it becomes too much. There's there's a tipping point where there's it's too much salt. It's too much rules. It's too much grammar. And if you hate grammar and rules and all of that, well, you really can only do a little bit at a time. And after you do that little bit, you're going to stop liking the language. It's going to become so frustrating for you. So understand this analogy. And my general rule of thumb 
is once, not once, when you are studying another language and you are encounter and you encounter a rule, a grammar point, it could even be a pronunciation point that is frustrating you to no end. Understand that that's a moment where you put too much salt and you have to pause. You have to stop. You have to step away from that concept. You need to stop studying the concept that's causing you that much frustration and anger and move on to another part of the language. Do something a little different and come back to that grammar point or that rule or that pronunciation point at a later date. Okay? This leads me to the second analogy, which is that learning a language is a heck of a lot like farming and growing plants. You might be thinking, what does that mean, Azrin? How the heck is language learning like farming? Well, imagine you're trying to learn French and you're the French language represents a farm. On your French farm, <laughs> French farm, I like, I like what that sounds like. On your farm, you have lots of different crops and lots of different plants. You have the present tense plant. You have the past tense plant. You have the pronunciation plant. You have the conversation plant. You have the listening comprehension plant. You have the writing plant. You have the spelling plant. You have the reading comprehension plant. You have lots of different plants. And just like on a real farm, you have to give an adequate amount of water to all of the different plants on the farm. If you give too much water to a specific plant, you end up killing that plant. If you give, if you're growing tomatoes and you water the tomatoes non-stop for two days, you're going to drown your tomatoes and your tomatoes are not going to grow. In fact, you're going to kill the tomatoes. And while you're killing your tomatoes, the other plants are going to starve from thirst or die of thirst. Well, that's how language learning works too. If you spend too much time on one concept and you're overwatering, quote unquote, in other words, you're spending too much time on one concept and you're neglecting other things. Well, what happens is that the thing you're putting your, the thing that you're over studying ends up dying. In other words, you don't actually learn it properly. And then the other parts of the language, you don't end up learning those properly anyway. So by overstudying one concept, you actually end up learning nothing. <laughs> so instead, you have to take a much more balanced approach. Now, the balanced approach, one question you might ask is, Azrin, how do I know what a balanced approach looks like? What does that mean, a balanced approach? Well, that's the beauty of language learning. You get to pick what plants you have on your farm. You get to choose. This is not some plot of land that's been given to you. So you might choose, hmm, I don't want to have a past tense plant on my farm right now. So I'm not even going to study the past tense. I don't want a past tense plant. I don't want a present tense plant. Heck, I don't even want a grammar plant right now. <laughs> I don't want that plant. I want a, I only want a listening plant. So you only plant the listening plant. And then maybe you decide you want some writing too. Who the heck knows? You plant two plants on your farm and that's all you plant. Well, you might just water two plants and that's totally cool. That's perfectly fine. Like in Japanese right now, I'm not learning to read and write. I don't even own a reading and writing plant on my Japanese farm. I don't even own one. I'm like old McDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O, but doesn't own two plants. He only owns a couple. <laughs> um, and so you get to choose what plants you have on your farm. Now, depending on your fluency goals, right? Your fluency goals might 
force you to put certain plants on your farm at a certain point in time. But you don't need to plant them now. Meaning if I wanted to be a near native level in Japanese, well, eventually I'm going to have to learn to read. Eventually I have to learn to write. Eventually I'll have to learn all the grammatical structures. Whether I do that by formally studying them or doing it in a more natural, organic way, that's my choice, but I will have to learn them. I will have to learn at least clear pronunciation. I will have to learn basically everything if I want it to be at a near native level. But today I might only plant two plants and then I might add the other plants as I go. And the decision you make on what plants to water, I believe it should be based based it should be based on, uh, I would say, use your emotions as your measuring stick. When something gets really frustrating and you're and it's getting, when you really are not enjoying studying something to an extreme amount, that means you need to stop fo focusing on it. A little bit of challenge is good. If it's hard and you're trying to figure it out, that's good. But if you're really frustrated and you're and you do not like it at all, you hate the process, you dread learning the language, you dread picking up another book, you dread going back to the language, that's a step that you've gone too far. That's an indication that you've watered one plant way too much and it's time for you to move on to another plant in your farm. So that's how that's my measuring stick. I use my emotions. If something is completely unbearable, I don't touch it. I let it, I leave it aside and I focus on another part of the language instead. That maybe is bringing me more joy that I actually want to do. And I focus more on that. Does that make sense? I hope so. Now, if you're really, if you take this train of thought and you take it all the way to the end, you might realize there's a bit of a flaw. You might re realize, well, Azrin, what if I hate printing in Japanese? What if I hate it? And even after I do five, I've done five minutes of practice a day, I even dread doing the five minutes. And I've now, my speaking plant, all the other plants on my Japanese farm are now really, really big. I have a nice speaking plant. I have a nice reading plant. I have a nice listening comprehension plant. I have all these plants, but the writing plant is still at a complete zero. So what do I do then? And I still hate writing. Well, you're gonna, you have two choices now. Choice number one is you decide you, you decide that you don't grow any writing plants, meaning you choose not to learn how to write because you hate it so much. Option two is you have to make that plant grow even though you even though you don't want to. If you you have to then make a decision. What do you want more? Do you want to power through and learn how to write? Or do you want to just not learn how to write? Many people default into thinking that powering through and pushing through the difficulties, the right decision. I'm not so convinced. I think it's it's a personal choice and there is no right or wrong answer. I've been learning Mandarin, for example, for six years and I still write absolutely terribly. As in, I print characters really poorly because I've practiced it so little and I'm okay with that. I get made fun of it sometimes from tutors or teachers. It holds me back in certain respects at times, but that's okay. That's the decision I've made and I, I'll sleep, I'll sleep in the bed that I've made and that's okay. So hopefully those two analogies were helpful for you. The free course I've put together is filled with not only useful tips like that one, not only useful tips, but a, a rigid and yet flexible structure you can follow that will help you acquire your desired level of fluency. It's rigid in the sense that you could follow it literally step by step by step by step by step and it will work. 
it's also flexible in the sense that you can bounce around and you can modify the curriculum I've put together to your own liking and you can make it work and you can follow it in a rough manner, meaning you can follow it, you can follow certain parts of it, but ignore other parts. So it's, 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 it really works for two very different types of learning styles. So if you haven't checked this course out, Laura, you have to do so. It is, my opinion is biased, of course it's biased, but I believe it to be one of the best programs that exist in terms of how to learn a language right now. I'm biased because I made it, of course. <laughs> But I can say if I push my bias to, if I push my bias aside, I can at a minimum say it's really good. It's really good. Maybe it's not one of the best because I'm biased and you know, I'm biased. But I know it's really good. That much is that much is for sure that it is very very good and it can help a lot of people. A lot of you are going to like it. Many 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 of you. Anyway, I appreciate your attention. Um Anything else I want to say today? I do have one random thing I'll throw in. It's not fully related to everything else I'll saying, but I have one last little random thing I'll say today. So as I said on my free course, people have been using it and I've been getting some interesting feedback. A couple points of feedback I've received for people that this course is not the best suited for. Um, one of which are people who struggle technologically, who are not super strong on technology because this course is designed primarily um, for people who are going to be doing more of a self-guided study path, as in you're going to learn primarily by yourself. You might have a tutor or take like a class or something, but a lot of the learning is happening on your own with some support from a tutor. That's, that's how it's designed. And because you are teaching yourself and learning yourself, it relies heavily on being able to use the internet. I might give you a specific task to progress in a specific way, but you're going to have to use YouTube and Google as your tools to do that specific task. So I have one, for example, about, um, it's a listening task, about finding a show, uh, uh, it's, I think it's in level four, one of the higher levels, where it's finding like a movie to watch in a specific genre. Well, you're gonna have to know how to Google to find a good show, read reviews, and figure out what a good movie to watch is. Some people don't know how to do that. They actually can't, I've been realizing. Or some people in my Discord, in our private Discord group, there's been a couple of people, not that many, that just could not figure out how to work Discord. Just could not, like, it was so hard for them. And, you know, this program is probably not ideal for you if you can't figure out, you know, at all how Discord works. Like, if it's that complicated, well, that's it's challenging, right? And this program's maybe not best for you. The other thing for this program, which is worth knowing, is it's, it's primarily a video-based course. There are written materials like workbooks and stuff that are available for purchase, but it's primarily video based. And I know that there are people, my mom's a great example actually, that in a video based course that doesn't quite line up with how they'd like to learn. Some people might actually prefer an audio based course, for instance. I suppose mine could be audio based actually. You could do it, although it's primarily video. Regardless, that might be an element there where someone goes, oh, that's not perfect for me. So there are some flaws and certain things that may not line up with you, but it's been cool getting the feedback from different people. I've heard a lot of great things and I've also realized certain types of people that maybe it's not ideal for. So anyway, let's wrap this up here. I appreciate your attention. I'm actually doing a podcast in a moment on someone else's podcast. I'm being interviewed. So I got to get ready for that. So let's wrap this up. I appreciate your attention. You guys are the best. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.